Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks Thanks be to to God, who gives us victory, the victory, the victory, through our Lord Jesus Christ. And welcome back into the Living Victory Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Jonathan Krause, as always joined by Max Keen and Christian Conway. And today we have another special guest for you guys and gals. Um, we're very excited. It is someone special and dear to Christian, um, whom Max and I have not met in person yet, but we're hoping to do that someday soon in the future. Welcome on the podcast, Isabella, Christian's girlfriend. Isabella, how are you doing? Um, I'm doing good. I'm excited to be on the podcast. Um, I've been following along the podcast journey since you guys started, so it's cool to actually finally be here, like, on the podcast, getting to talk to you guys. And she she claims, she has a self-proclaimed title of Living Victory number one fan. I'm definitely a Living Victory number one fan. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm pretty hype about it, so if you're going to try and beat me, good luck. <laughs> I don't think, do you count if you're, like, part of the original um podcast crew um yes that makes me even more qualified Uh, i don't know (laughs) (laughs) all right well we're thrilled to have you on the show um super excited about this Um, and so we like almost or well i guess it's been every um interview we've had so far we ask for uh their testimony so if you wouldn't mind sharing uh, your testimony um, and what god has done in your life Okay. Um, so my testimony is kind of like, um, kind of like the classic grew up in the church in a Christian family sort of testimony, but it's a little different because, um, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about how they, um, grew up in the church and they thought they were a Christian because they hung out with Christians and their family, you know, were Christians. Um, and then they, like once they got older, they realized that they hadn't really um, ever truly been saved. And then they, um, you know, then they get saved when they're older. And mine is a little different because um, I truly cannot remember a time before I loved God and knew that I believed in him. Um, I know I was saved when I was about five and I remember getting baptized on my sixth birthday, my parents told me I could get baptized on my sixth birthday. And I looked forward to it all day because I was just so excited to finally like have that, um, profession of faith. And, um, and I just, I remember they made me wait until like the late afternoon and I kept pestering them all day because I was just so excited to finally be baptized. And I was so excited to give my life to the Lord. Um, so then I kind of, but, but, you know, I was still pretty young then, so I didn't, you know, I didn't really understand everything that there was to understand about, well, I still don't, but, you know, I didn't really fully grasp um, what it meant to live for Christ at six years old. And that kind of has been a, a continuous journey since then. Um, I grew up in a program called Awana that was really, um, that really helped me grow in my faith when I was a child. Um, it was a program where we 
would learn Bible scriptures, memorize scriptures, and we would play games and um, hear Bible stories. And that was sort of, um, I think that was a really important thing for me because even though I was a military kid and I would move churches every couple years and never really got really plugged into a church when I was a kid, there was always an Awana program in the next place I moved that where I was able to um, fall back into the groove of how things were in that program. And I, I really enjoyed that. And it really, I really learned a lot through that program. Um, but then once I got older and like middle school age, I kind of grew out, outgrew the program. And so then I kind of had to, um, take ownership of my, my faith journey in a different way. Um, I didn't just get to follow along in the, uh, Awana handbooks and learning those verses, I had to sort of read the Bible for myself and I started going to youth group. And so there is sort of a, a transition period, I would say, between when I was maybe 12 to when I was 14, where I was kind of in the middle, like hadn't fully taken ownership of my faith, but was also, you know, starting to dig into it for myself. And then when I was 14, um, I had started 10th grade and I had just moved to a new place and I was um, in a new homeschool group and curriculum um, that was pretty demanding. And I just remember that was um, a time when there was a lot of, a lot of um, anxiety for me. I got really um, stressed about my schoolwork and I was really just struggling. And I remember that I stopped reading my Bible in that time because I thought I was too busy and I was too focused on other things. Um, so that was probably a low point for me, but it also led to me at the end of that time um, realizing that I had not been living for God the way I was supposed to be living for him and realizing that I had not been keeping him on the throne in my life. I had sort of let my worries and anxieties take control instead of letting him have control. And when I did realize that, when I did turn back to him, it really just completely changed my um, life, changed my faith. And ever since then, you know, I've, I've grown stronger in my faith. And I started reading my Bible every day, which was something I hadn't done before that. And I would say that was a really transitional time um, that is very important to my testimony. So and then since then, I've just been continuing to grow and learn. So, yeah. Yeah, that's that's an amazing testimony because like like you said, uh, it's kind of the traditional, you know, anybody who's teenager, young adult in the church, most of them have this boring, seemingly boring testimony that talks about I grew up in the church and and I never really knew a time in my life when I wasn't going to church and I, I didn't have this crazy, like, you know, I was doing drugs and then I came back to the Lord and he saved my life. I was on my deathbed. Like we think that because we don't have those kinds of testimonies that we can't make an impact on people's lives. But I had a guy said to me one time, he said like, you know, it, it, yes, it's one thing to go and like be on your deathbed and to be saved, saved by Christ Jesus. But how much more of a testament is it to the, the power of the, the gospel of Jesus Christ that he has has held you secure from these these crazy temptations and these crazy things in the world that he's held you secure in his hands your entire life. And how much of a testament is it to his love for us that he'd be willing to do that? Not only that that he has the ability to do it, but that he he's willing to choose us when we're so young and to keep us by his side the entire way and have us have us grow up by his side. It's it's such an amazing encouragement. But with this encouragement, with this story of of being in Christ 
you know, your whole life. Anybody who has this story knows that just because you've been going to church your whole life does not mean that that your your faith your faith journey hasn't been a roller coaster. It hasn't had ups and downs. Everybody knows what what ups and downs in a faith journey look like, no matter how long you've been going to church, no matter how how stable um, your testimony seems from the outside. There are definitely roller coaster moments, ups and downs that are that are built in there. So, one thing we're going to talk about in in today's episode is actually one of those one of the biggest roller coaster moments in many Christians' lives. That's things that that cause their faith to get stronger and weaker at times. It's something that really challenges the faiths of a lot of Christians. Like like many 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 Christians I know struggle with this problem, and that that problem is anxiety, as you as you probably know from the title of this episode. So today we're going to talk about how we as Christians can can fight anxiety and worry in our lives, and whether or not there are biblical well not whether or not what are those biblical ways that we can that we can challenge anxiety in our lives that we can try to have the gospel of Jesus Christ win out over anxiety in the end. So I know that you mentioned uh, in your 10th grade year that there were some hard times that you went through. You you transitioned to that new school and it had stricter rules um, and it was it was just a really stressful time for you. Um, I know personally from from the stories that you've told me that you went through a lot of a lot of hard times during that year and that there were some some big adjustments that had to be made and that it wasn't always easy. So if you wouldn't mind, could you tell us a little bit more about about what you went through in that year and then um, what what your journey that year looked like, but then ultimately how you turned that opportunity uh, or took advantage of that opportunity to use it as a springboard for your faith moving into the future? Yeah. Um, Okay. So um, in 10th grade, we had just moved, my family had just moved to a new home. And we've always been a homeschool family. Um, I've been homeschooled since kindergarten. But when we moved to our this new location, there was this um, homeschool Christian homeschool group called Classical Conversations. And it was different from the um, homeschool curriculums I had done in the past because it um, – instead of working at home and like doing your your own curriculum and not really having classmates in this community you did have classmates and so in everyone was following the same guide and doing the same things so it was and it was a pretty demanding curriculum so that kind of gave me um an opportunity to experience a lot more pressure to feel like i needed to live up to um the expectations of my classmates or my expectations for myself in how I performed in the school because um, but in the past there had not been anyone there kind of watching me and what I was doing with school other than my mom. But now I had classmates and what I didn't realize in that time was that the, that, you know, I was putting more pressure on myself to do however good in my schoolwork than anyone else was putting on me. But that did lead to me experiencing a really, um, anxious period of my life where I was just constantly stressed about um, the next assignment and doing my best in the next thing and, you know, having other people think that I was doing a good job or me thinking that I was doing a good job. And I let those worries and anxieties sort of take over my whole mindset and it sort of like deprived me of my joy. Um, I remember I would have like mental breakdowns every other night and my sister and my mom were just exhausted with me like you've got to stop worrying about schoolwork and you're pushing yourself harder than anyone else in the class is pushing <laughs> and uh, and I didn't see that because I was just so caught up in my own um concerns about being good enough and um 
And like I said, I sort of stopped reading my Bible because I felt like I didn't have enough time for that. And it just got to a point where I remember one time my mom told me, um, Isabella, you've you've lost your joy. And I had always kind of been seen as a pretty happy person. Even on the outside, I would say that people still saw me as a happy person, even when I was going through my hardest time, because um, in an outward setting, in a public setting, I would be outgoing and I would act happy, but then I would come home and I would just be miserable. And that was the first time um, in my life that I can remember kind of going to church. And I've always been like that church girl who knows the answers and who likes to um, talk in the small groups and stuff. And it was the first time I was going and talking in the small groups and feeling like almost like I was an imposter. Like I was pretending, playing a role that I didn't deserve because I was acting like I was this, you know, good Christian person. But then at home, I was just struggling so hard. (laughs) And um, so that led to just me not not really knowing what to do next. So yeah, I was just in a really bad place. And I remember um, thinking to myself, that something really needed to change. And I went like five months thinking, you know, something really needs to change. And I think I knew what needed to change. I knew that I had been giving too much attention to the wrong things and that I had not been living my life for God like I was supposed to be. But I also felt like I just didn't know how to get back where I wanted to be in my um, relationship with the Lord. Like I knew what needed to happen, but I didn't know the first step or I didn't I didn't have faith in myself to be able to take that first step. And so I was sort of praying about that as um, the first semester of 10th grade came and went and then I was moving into the second semester and over winter break I sort of had a little bit of relief but I still knew that I wasn't in a good place. And so as I was going into the second semester I was praying for change. I just needed like a breakthrough, a revival. And then an opportunity came up for me to um, go to a Discipleship Now weekend, um, which is like a a church conference at at a youth group. So it was with my youth group from the place I had lived um, before. So we actually drove six hours back to where we used to live in Tennessee so I could attend this conference because I told my mom I would like to. And I remember I was just praying so hard that God would use it as um, a sort of breakthrough moment for me to get my faith back on track. And he did that. (laughs) And it's kind of funny the way in which he did it, because I do not remember anything about the sermons from that week or the worship or the conversations I had with people. I couldn't even tell you what what the topic was was for that D-Now weekend. But what I do remember is that I started reading my Bible like every day. And that conference kind of gave me the motivation I needed to be in the word every day. And as I started um, reading the Bible, I remember one time I just opened my Bible app on my phone and I saw that there was a 17-day streak. And I was like, wow, I've been reading the Bible for 17 days straight. And now it doesn't seem very long or like very much. But at the time, that was crazy to me. And I remember just thinking, this is what I need to be doing. I need to be putting God first. I need to be in the word every day. And so from then on, I was. And that was when things really started to change for me. I started to realize that I hadn't been giving the 
um, I hadn't been trusting God the way I was supposed to be trusting him. I had been trusting in myself too much and I had been letting other things um, take priority over him. And so when I realized that God needed to take priority, that really just changed everything. And um, it changed my whole perspective. I was able to better handle school. I was able to start taking some of the pressures off of myself that I had been putting onto myself and that no one else had been putting onto me. And I was able to um, start seeing the blessings that were around me and forming better relationships with the people around me. And that was, um, it was about that time that I entered into like one of the happiest years of my life coming from a time that was terrible. I just all of a sudden everything was different and I grew um, so much in my relationship with the Lord. Yeah, that's really cool. And it's great that you bring up um, how scripture sort of brought you back to um, a good spot. And we just talked about that um, last week. And so if you haven't listened to that one, um, definitely check it out. Um, But it's really, really crazy what um, scripture can do. And I actually just got back, my uh, school section is doing a Bible study, and lately what we've been doing is just sitting down, and um, <laughs> my roommate's looking over at me, because, you know, he he's part of that too, uh, but w- w- what we do is we sit down, and we read scripture, and just focus on that, we don't really talk about, we don't really pause, we just read through a book, or a couple chapters, or multiple books, so tonight we went through second peter and then um first second and third john and last week we went through first and second thessalonians as well and one of the things that you know has been impactful for me is just thinking about how christ is coming at any moment and you know we're not going to know the time we're not going to know when it happens and it could just be any second and all of a sudden boom like christ came like that's an exciting thing to think about. Um, and so that's been really challenging me over the past week is, you know, am I living every moment for Christ? Um, so it's great that you bring up that and how that conference was able to motivate you um, to do that. Uh, but for a lot of people, they may not have that opportunity to, you know, go somewhere and get that kind of motivation from other people. So how, what would you recommend that people do to sort of get motivated because I know like spiritual disciplines are really tough to learn and hard to really motivate yourself to do it. Um, but really they can be so impactful in the end. So do you have any, you know, tips on how to really get, uh, motivated to get on the grind, I guess you could say, um, of really spending time with Christ? Well, the first thing that pops to my mind is something that you guys say in like every single episode ever, basically, is to talk to a friend and just sort of, um, you know, when you when you talk to a friend about it, they can sort of motivate you and help you to get that encouragement you need, that extra drive and, um, you know, having an accountability partner like will you do this Bible reading plan with me? And then you talk about the reading plan together and that sort of gives you a boost you need. So even if you don't have like a conference to go to or something big that can really motivate you, there's usually someone around you that if you just tell them, hey, I'm struggling and I want to get back on track with my relationship with the Lord, they're not going to like shut you down. If 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 they 
if they love God and if they love you, then they're going to be willing to help you better your relationship with the Lord. So that would be the one thing I would say. So this is really interesting. I've been, as you've been talking about this, so I've kind of struggled with similar, I don't want to say it's, it's, it's similar, but it's different. Um, but it's sort of a performance-based uh, anxiety sometimes. You, like you put pressure on yourself to perform and to meet your expectations and other people's expectations and stuff like that. Um, by the way, I want to say this. Uh, if if you hear any background noise on me, I, I apologize. The, the place that I live in is very – everything reverberates. And even if my roommates are literally just talking in the kitchen, you might hear it. So I apologize for that. I'll try to – minimize it as much as possible. Um, but so I had a similar, somewhat similar time in my life, um, to what Isabella was kind of going through. Um, and that was roughly around the same time, actually, it was around, it was around the end, end of 10th grade, middle of 10th grade and the end of 10th grade. It was the end of 10th grade getting towards 11th grade, I think. Um, Anyway, I was actually, I was at a retreat as well. We had, it was at our 4C team retreat. Um, and at my, that time in life, I was pretty overwhelmed with school. Um, and I was just kind of negative about life in general. And one thing that I do is, so I don't really get anxious usually. Um, now there's, there been many exceptions to that, uh, especially being last semester, I've, I've talked about this on the podcast multiple times where I had sort of an anxious breakdown, but usually that's not how I get. What I usually get to is a point that I like to call robot mode. So it's where a mode where I basically just kind of shut down. Um, I try not to feel anything and I try to just like put my head down and just work and just don't really have much of a personality and I just don't want to deal with people. I just want to like get my work done. Um, and that's, and that can kind of put me in a toxic mindset. I'm usually pretty negative in, in times like that. Um, and I was in a time like this, I was in one of my robot modes, I guess you could say when I was at this retreat. Right. And I was thinking about a lot of things. It wasn't just school and I was just pretty down, um, in life. And, uh, this, this woman who was my, my small group leader, and I think I've talked about this on the podcast before. Um, so I'll keep this brief, but she basically just looked at me and she was like, you, Jonathan, you've missed it. Life's not about not messing up. And that kind of, you know, blew my mind in the moment. I mean, it's such a simple thing, but how often do we think about that? I mean, I know me, who's such a performance-based mindset kind of person. Um, I so often think about, well, I just don't want to mess up. Like, I don't want to, you know, fail, I guess you could say. And that caused me the most anxiety or the most uh, pressure on myself, I guess you could say. And it sort of sounds like that was a little bit for you too, Isabella. Um, but that was like my defining moment where I was like, wow, she's so right. You know, I'm sitting here, I'm so worried about making mistakes, messing up, um, failing, and I've lost my joy and I'm in this robot mode and people don't really want to be around me and I don't want to be around people. And it was just kind of toxic in, in general. And I was really, really appreciative that she took the time to 
say that to me. And I, I'm to this day, I, I seriously think that God put it on her heart to, to talk to me and to say that, because that really opened up my mind to, um, you know, the fact that I'm not looking at life in the right way. I'm not viewing my relationship with God in the right way and, and everything like that. So that was, that was pretty cool. And it, that made me think about that when you brought up how you were also sort of on a retreat or a conference weekend when you had your sort of change of direction. Um, but I do want to touch on the fact that, so we've, we've both kind of gone through something like this, where you have pressure on yourself, causing anxiety. Now there's, there's different types of anxiety. Um, I, one of my friends who's been open to me has, has talked about, um, he struggles with social anxiety, not really like academic anxiety or, or pressure-based anxiety, but, uh, social anxiety. So I was, um, maybe one of these days we'll have him on the podcast to talk about that. But so when we've, we've, Isabel and I have kind of gone through something similar and we've, we've been through it a little bit, but it still creeps up on you and you'll, sometimes you don't notice it coming back into your life. Um, and then you realize it maybe just before it's too late almost, or maybe it's too late and you have to get yourself back on track. So I wanted to ask you, Isabella, um, have there been any times recently where you've, you felt that anxiety kind of creeping back and how did you, um, try to draw closer to God in that moment? Like, what are some things that you did to kind of remind yourself that, uh, you know, this anxiety is just me putting needless pressure on myself and, and that's not what I need to be worried about right now. So it was like, is there anything that you sort of did, um, in those kind of moments where you feel that anxiety creeping back on you that, that helped you through that? Yeah, I mean, the anxiety definitely does sneak back up um, on a pretty regular basis. I mean, I go through, I think, seasons where sometimes it's worse and sometimes it's better. Um, And then when it does come, I think what's really important is to, one, remember that it's temporary, like the, the worst anxiety is not going to last forever, and then it's important to be able to um, talk to someone about it, tell them what you're going through, what you're feeling so that they can pray for you and support you. And then um, you can pray to God and sort of say, <laughs> you know, sort of tell God your your concerns and your worries. But one thing that's always important to me is to just, there always comes a moment where I'm like, okay, I've got to change my mindset. Because um, kind of like you were talking about, Jonathan, when, when, you're going through a, a rough time, it seems like everything just takes on a negative tint. And um, you start seeing things in the in the worst light. And um, it's hard to have hope in those times. And, and it's hard to see the blessings around you in those times. So there, there's usually some sort of point I come to when I'm having um, a more anxious season of my life where I'm like, okay, I need to reorient my mindset. And so then I'll pray to God and I'll tell him, you know, I want to stop focusing on, on these things that are causing me so much anxiety, but I want to focus on you and what you're doing in my life. And I want to focus on all the good things that are around me. And so when, when, and when that happens, that's usually like the first step. And then the next step is to sort of take action on that. Like, have I been reading um, have I been in the word enough? Do I need to 
be in the word more? And a lot of the times the answer is yes, I, I need to be in the word more because I have not been, you know, keeping up with that. I have not been devoting myself to that. And so then that can help me some, or then, or, um, sometimes I need to come up with new ways to, um, recognize when I'm I'm getting overly anxious and new ways to to cope with that or to sort of let that anxiety out and let it go um maybe that one one thing I've tried in the past is if I get um really worked up over something that has to do with school or it could do with anything like if there's something that's really bothering me sometimes what I would try to do is I would take a break, I would stop what I was doing and I would go outside and I'd go on a walk and I'd just walk and I'd pray and I'd sort of let the fresh air sort like refresh me and then I would come back and I would be able to be more focused and have a better mindset and continue with what I was doing. Um, I would say right now I'm kind of going through um, a more anxious period of my life. <laughs> um, so it's sort of it's a work in progress. Like I said, the anxiety comes and it goes. Um, right now, there are are many little things in my life that are sort of getting to me. And one thing I've been trying to do to um, deal with my anxiety this time around is just be more honest about it and how and talk to people about how I'm I'm feeling and the things I'm thinking. And then when I try to really bring to light what exactly are the things I'm anxious about, I can um, either have have people talk it through with me and and sort of help me to to reorient my perspective to look at things in a new light. Or sometimes even just thinking about it um, to myself helps me to sort of realize the things that I'm focusing on that I shouldn't be focusing on. Um, another thing that I do a lot to help me sort of get to sort of, um, orient my thoughts is to write. I, um, love writing and writing is something that I have just always done like since I was six I liked to write stories and as I've grown up I found it um instead of writing stories one thing I I like to do with writing is I like to write poems and I like to get out the things that I'm thinking and the things I'm feeling in in through poetry and then and sometimes it's not poetry sometimes I'll just write it but usually when I write about what I'm feeling it helps me to take a step back and really understand what what's going on in my head from from a new perspective. And then that's able, then once I recognize it more, I'm able to recognize the next step. And the next step is almost always to try to stop um, being in control of a situation. Sometimes I feel like I, I crave control. Like I want to, when, when things start falling out of my control, I get scared and I'm like, I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what to do. And so sometimes it's good to just step back and recognize that um, I don't need to be in control. God's in control and I can trust him. So almost always the answer is to just um, put my trust in God and, and know that whatever is going to happen, he's in, in control of it and I'm not. And I can, I can really just um, abide in him. One passage from the Bible that I love is the true vine passage um, in John 15, where God talks about, um, or where Jesus talks about how he is the true vine and, and God is the vine dresser and we're the branches that are supposed to cling to our true vine and we're supposed to abide in him. 
And so that was, um, that's something that I've kind of held dear to, to my heart is that passage and that reminder that, um, you know, my job is not to, to figure everything out. It's to just trust in Jesus and know that he has, he, he will pave the way for me. God, God has a plan. He's in control. And if I can just trust him through the uncertainties of life and keep my focus on him instead of a, on the things of this world and the things that are causing me to worry, then I won't be as worried and I'll be able to, to move through life according to his plan. Wow. I really just want to jump in really quick. It's funny that you brought up uh, that Bible passage because I was going to ask you uh, if there were any like Bible passages that, that kind of helped you through, you know, your anxiety and stuff and, and passage that you focus on, but you brought it up already. So that's, that's awesome. But I just really want to highlight um, what you said just before that, which is uh, like talking to other people. Um, this is a huge thing that I have also, I just want to echo this, um, that I have found to be so, so effective is because a lot of times when I'm uh, most anxious or I'm feeling most pressure on myself or whatever is when I'm in my head, right? So I've, I've kind of locked other people out um, and I'm just like so deep in my thoughts and every just everything seems so tangled and everything. And then I can't tell you how many times that I've been either down in the dumps or just, you know, just not feeling positive about really anything in life. And then like one of my friends will come up to me and they'll be like, all right, yo, like talk to me, what's going on? Um, and then we'll have a conversation about it or I'll try to, you know, be open about what I'm going through or whatever. Um, and just talking to someone about it can put it in a completely different perspective than what you were originally thinking in your mind. Um, and this kind of brings me to the, uh, there's a saying that someone told me once that, the misery is a luxury. Um, and that, I know that sounds counter you know, intuitive at first glance, but, um, if there's one thing about misery is that sometimes it can be pretty comfortable being in your own misery or thinking about, you know, I know this sounds weird. Um, but sometimes it's, you can get more anxious by being in what's unknown or being in a situation that you can't control and misery and, uh, you know, kind of self-loathing is, is a, something that you can control, right? It's, it's kind of a comfortable place to be, even though it's, it's uncomfortable and it's unhealthy and it's toxic. Um, but just talking to other people, um, them pouring encouragement and pouring life into you, um, sharing Bible verses with you, talking about, you know, situations in their life where God has pulled them through, uh, maybe there's similar situations that they've gotten through and they can give you some helpful ideas or tips, or maybe literally them just sitting there quietly while you talk their ear off. That is just such a helpful thing, such an important thing. Um, I can't tell you how many times my friends have come through uh, for the serious clutch when, when I've been at points in my life where I you know, was definitely not feeling great about much. Um, and so that was, that's a really great thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. Cause that's, that's, uh, something that I really wanted to echo as well. Yeah. And I think that people, some people listening to this episode will definitely be able to relate, but then there's going to be another portion of the population listening to this episode. That's like, you know, that's not really my thing. You know, I don't really struggle with anxiety, so I don't, I don't really think that this episode can help me, but every piece of advice that we're giving this episode is not only something that, that can help you through a time of anxiety but it's also something that can help you at any stage in your spiritual life. Because think of the pieces of advice that have been offered. Uh, pray more. Spend more time in your Bible. 
spend more time talking to other believers in your life and, and letting them in on what's going on in your life. Like these are things that every single one of us needs to be doing in our lives, things that every single one of us can implement to a, to a larger extent, because there's no person listening to this episode who prays as much as they should. There's no person in this episode who, who reads the Bible uh, every opportunity that, that they get and has spent, you know, ha- has exhausted everything that there is to, to learn from scripture. And no person in this episode has er- no area of their life that they can be more open with other believers and, and invite more believers into their life to get, uh, you know, advice and counsel and comfort. But for myself personally, um, I know that anxiety isn't something that 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 really strikes me in my personal life, but it's still a big part of my life because of the the people that I love around me who 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 fight it. And I know that there are a lot of people listening to this who who also don't fight anxiety in their own life. But every single one of you, I know that anxiety is affecting your life in one way or another because there's somebody around you who struggles with anxiety. There's somebody in your life who, even if it's not apparent from the outside, even if you can't really tell. Um, if, if they look like a happy, jovial person, every time you see them, there are people in your life who are struggling with this, who, who worry and who get anxious. So, uh, my question, my, my question for you, Isabella is how can people who want to provide that comfort for people in their life who are, who are struggling with anxiety, what is the best way to, to first recognize somebody who is struggling with anxiety and second to comfort them in that time? What, what things can we do to help be there for them and help support them? Um, when they're going through those times and seasons of anxiety in their life. So sometimes it can be hard to recognize when someone around you is struggling with anxiety. Um, it it would probably depend on, you know, how how close you are to them, whether you'd be able to see it. But so that's kind of a hard one to answer. I I would just say if you talk to a person and and you and you really get into a deep conversation with them that's really when when things like that start to come out like if you're having a deep one-on-one conversation with someone that's when you can start to sort of see where their mind's at what what are the sorts of things that are going through their mind or the things that they think about and sometimes you'll find that there are people who a lot of the times what's going through their mind is a stream of worries and a stream of uh, negativity. And when you recognize that you can, you can help, you can, well, the first step is like you said, to recognize it, recognize it. And the first part of being able to help them through it, I would say is taking the time to fully understand them and not i i say fully understand you can't really fully understand someone's anxious thoughts all the time but you can take the time to sit there and um you know kind of tell them or or ask them questions and and let them tell you um what they're feeling what they're going through and um once you kind of are able once you really fully listen and you're able to try to try to sort of understand where they're coming from, where their mind's at, then you're able to better respond to them and to what they're going through. And sometimes um, sometimes that's just one of the best things you can do to help someone is give them an opportunity to talk. Um, because a lot of the times really talking about it and talking it through really helps someone who's, who's struggling with anxiety to sort of um, take a step back and look at things um, and from a new from a new light and then after really listening to someone i would say the next thing you can do is to offer them um biblical encouragements and to offer them support 
So, um, you know, ask them how, how, how can I help you? Sometimes they might not know, but it, but it's always good to just, um, to just ask and let the person know that you are there for them whenever they need to talk something through, whenever they need someone for support, um, whenever they're, you can even just offer to be there like hey if you're if if you're ever having a really awful moment just call me and you can offer to be that person that they call and that they talk to and you can offer to be that person who's there for them and will listen to them and just help them through it so it's i don't know if that's really what you're getting at but <laughs> yeah that was great and and i know that for me um i i'm often somebody who likes to go to scripture uh, immediately, because I know that there's a lot of things that come from scripture that, that can really help us in our, our lives. Sometimes you read scripture and you're like, you know, this is, you know, this is dated. These things don't really work for me anymore. But sometimes you read passages of scripture that although they were written, you know, thousands of years ago, you can really relate to the, the things, the words that are on the page, you can relate to the words uh, that you're reading in scripture. And I know that for anxiety, one of my favorite passages uh, is found at the end of Matthew chapter six. And this, I believe, is part of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is talking about, he's talking about anxiety and how we as Christians can fight off anxiety. And it's its a long passage, well, longer than I'd like to read the entire thing here in the, the episode. But it's if you'd like to go read it, it's Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Um, I'm just going to highlight some of my favorite parts. Uh, one of my favorite parts is when Jesus compares us to the birds of the air or the flowers of the field. He says, starting in verse 26, Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they are? And he's he's saying like, we sit here and worry, what am I going to eat? You know, where am I going to go? Uh, where am I going to live? What am I going to wear? But he's he's like, look at the birds. The birds don't worry about these things. The birds don't go out and, and plant seeds and uh, make sure that they have enough food for the winter. Uh, the, that your heavenly Father just provides for those birds. He makes sure that they have something to eat. And then he goes on to talk about the lilies. He says, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. So he's saying even the flowers, like like we worry about what we're going to wear, but look at how beautiful the flowers are. And that's because God looks out for them and God provides us for them. And then the real kicker in this passage is the last two verses, uh, Matthew chapter six, verses 33 and 34. It says, but seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own troubles. So God is saying, you know, it's it's such a human thing to go around worrying about what you're going to wear, what you're going to eat, what you're going to where you're going to live, what you're going to do, how you're going to make money, uh, whether or not you're doing a good enough job. But He says worrying isn't going to help you in any of these things. That God has has created us to be sufficient in Him. He has created us to rely on Him, to lean on Him in everything that we do. Uh, and he is enough to provide for all of our needs. So I just, I really love, like Jesus is saying, take away your focus, take your focus away from, away from what am I going to do here? How am I going to fix this? How am I going to fix that? What's going to happen over there? Instead of focusing on all of these things, replace all of that with focusing on seeking first the kingdom of God. He's saying that if you seek first the kingdom of God, that is all you need to do because seeking first the kingdom of God means that in every action you take, you're, you're moving closer to God. You're, you're, you're giving him the glory and you're sharing his gospel, sharing his, his good news with the people around you. And if we do these things, it says all of these things will be added to you. So if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, 
all of these things will be added to you. So every single thing that we worry about, all the the housing and the food and the clothes and the job and the family and the sickness and and the troubles that we face in life, every single thing can be replaced with with seeking first God's kingdom and his righteousness. And then God will just add all of these things to us, just like he adds to the birds of the the birds of the air and the flowers of the field. So I just really love this passage. I love looking into this passage and, and seeing the reminder that, yes, there are things in this life that will have to be accounted for. There are things in this life that we'll have to make sure that we get. But if we seek God first in everything that we do and, and seek his righteousness in all of our actions, then the promise here is that all these things will be added to you. And that's the thing about when God promises something. God does not promise something like a human promises something. When a human promises something, uh, sometimes, depending on how reliable they are, you can trust them, but sometimes you're not really sure if you could trust them. But even the most reliable human being, there are times when that person makes a promise and is not able to carry through. God is not like that at all. God's promises, any promise that God makes, you can be 100% certain that he is going to fulfill. He's going to carry through that promise because he's He's carried through every promise he's ever made. And he he's you know all powerful. So there's nothing outside of his ability. There's nothing outside of his control. He is, is perfectly faithful to fulfill any promise that he makes to us. So this is, it's really such an encouraging passage for me. And I know that it's a passage that I love to share with people in my life who are close to me uh, when they're going through anxiety, because I, I just like to show them that, yes, all of these things are important things to think about, but ultimately the most important thing, we shouldn't let them, them overshadow the most important thing in our life. Because as long as we make sure we're focusing on this thing, we'll know that everything else will be taken care of. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, actually, that is that verse that Christian just um, shared. The Matthew Matthew six thirty three has actually become one of my favorite verses this year because um, <laughs> it's funny. I remember the first time I shared my testimony with Christian way back. I don't know in May. <laughs> um, I remember I, I shared my testimony and I got to the end of it. And he said, that really reminds me of Matthew 6, 33. And I was like, oh. And so he, 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 that's when he shared the, that verse with me. And, and I was like, you're right. You know, it ties in perfectly with, with what I went through. Um, what I shared a little bit about earlier in 10th grade, where I came to the end of this anxious season of my life. And I realized that, that the problem at its core was that I had not been focusing on God first. I had been letting other things take priority and I had been letting other things consume my thoughts. And the way that I got past that um, worst, worst anxious part of my life was to recognize that I needed to put God back on the throne in my life. He needed to be first. I needed to seek him first and give him first priority. And that completely changed everything for me. And that's something I still have to relearn over and over again, because there will be times when I just don't put him first and I do let other things consume my thoughts. And then I have to always come back to that point where I recognize, okay, God, you're in control and you need to be on the throne and I need to be looking to you first. And I, I can't let anxiety rule me. I can't let anxiety be on the throne because I will never, I will never be able to fulfill what the purposes God has for me if I'm being controlled by anxiety and not led by him in his love. Um, and another verse I would say that helps with um, anxiety sometimes or helps me keep, keep focus on um, 
another verse that helps me is Romans 8.28 that talks about how um, God works all things together for the good of those who love him. That verse is an encouraging verse for me um, when I worry about things because I can sit back and look at that verse and know that you know, God has a plan and he's going to work out his plan and his plans are better than mine. Um, you know, I'm over here and I'm just a human. I, I'm so short-sighted. I can't see what's 10 steps ahead of me, but God sees it all and he knows it all. And sometimes when I think about that, I wonder why on earth do I think that I know what's best for me then? Obviously God, who's this all-powerful, all-knowing creator of the universe, who's offering to lead me through life, he is more, his plans are better than mine. He's, he's more trustworthy than I am. And when I sit back and I look at that and I know, you know, he's going to work all things out. It gives me the encouragement I need to just rest in him and know that it's okay. I don't have to worry about every little thing because worrying about every little thing is not going to fix anything. It's only going to make it harder. But if I know that, and I trust that, you know, he's going to lead me where he wants me to go and he's going to work things out, then I'm able to really, that's when I'm able to start living the life that he's called me to live. Yeah, that's all really great stuff. It's it's so true that sometimes we get so bogged down with the things of this earth. We get so, I love the term short-sighted because although some of the things we, we struggle with and, and are anxious about seem to have drastic effects on our life. Like even if you're talking about a house you're going to live in for decades or something with your family members or whether you should have a kid or not, these things seem to be so long-term and, and such long-term plans. But when you look at everything in the grand scheme of things, when you look at, at from eternity past to eternity future, and you see how small these decisions that we're making actually are in comparison to the eternal glory of, of Christ Jesus and the eternal life that he calls us to, it really puts things into perspective and shows you that Yes, we could spend all of our time on earth sitting here worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what's going to happen in 10 years, what's going to happen you know, um, in 50 years. But what we ultimately need to do is take that step back and realize that, that the eternal God that we serve, our eternal heavenly father who loves us with every ounce of his being, he is there for us. He's there to protect us, to, to guide us along in his plans and to, to be our, the light unto our path in everything that we do. So so that's ultimately the message that we want to convey today is that you, you, you probably will struggle with anxiety and worry at some point in your life because that's something that, that most people struggle with. But one of the best things to do, well, actually a few of the best things to do that we've talked about on today's episode are to spend more time in God's word, to look at his promises, the things that he's telling us, and just remind yourself of how loving and how gracious he actually is, uh, to spend more time in prayer to put your, put your issues before God. Cause just like Jonathan and, and Isabella were talking about having somebody be able to sit there and just listen to you when you talk and, and be there for you as a comfort. God is always there for us. If you ever just want to sit there and, and talk about your problems to God, tell him about everything you're facing, all the struggles in your life. That's what, that's one of the things that prayer is for. So prayer is a really, um, especially potent tool when it comes to, to being able to, to deal with your anxiety. But then also having a friend who can keep you accountable, a friend or a mentor or a parent or a sibling or, or really anybody, um, a significant other to keep you accountable when you're going through those times. And, and maybe maybe it's not necessarily keeping you accountable for something specific, but maybe it's just being there for you and, and being that shoulder you can lean on and that, that ear uh, to sit there and listen quietly to everything that you have to say and all the things that are going on in your life. So there are so many ways that we as Christians can handle this problem of, of anxiety um, according to our faith. 
rather than having it fight our faith in our lives. And God, God knew that this is a problem. He didn't just say, well, you know, you you might face anxiety at some point, And if so, well, you'll just have to get over that on your own. He put these things into place for us. He, he gave us instruction, specific instruction 2000 years ago on how we can deal with these things, how we can live godly lives in the midst of anxiety. So that's, that's really what we wanted to talk about in this episode. And, and I think it's been a really great conversation. I wanted to thank you so much for for coming on the podcast today, Isabella. We've had a lot of fun talking about anxiety. Um, well, you know, <laughs> I probably shouldn't have said it that way, but uh, this conversation has been a lot of fun and and we just want to thank you for, for coming on this podcast. Yeah, can I add one thing real quick? Okay. Um, so Christian gave a pretty good recap of like the different things that you can do when you're struggling with anxiety. But I would say just another thing is, um, like I talked a little bit about earlier, a little bit earlier about how I sometimes write and that that helps me um, orient my thoughts and that helps me with my anxiety. I think there are are lots of things or sometimes I'll go on a walk. I think there are a lot of things depending on who you are, you know, you know yourself better than, you know, you know yourself best. So, um, you, you know, you can figure out what what's helpful to you. What gives you more peace? Is it going on a long walk um, and just, you know, praying to God (laughs) or is it writing or is it maybe artwork? Just there's usually something that is able to help you take a step back and take a a breath of fresh air. And so recognizing what that is and trying to implement that into your day or or at times when you feel anxious is also another um, helpful thing. Yeah, that is really great because like she said, everybody's different. Everybody has a different thing that that helps them relax, helps them refocus on the things that they need to focus on in their life. And if you can find that thing for you, if you can figure out what it is that that can help you uh, make that shift of focus, then it can really go a long way in helping you um, go from a season of anxiety back to a season of of really joy and and prosperity uh, in your relationships and just in the the things that you that you go through uh, in life. So. Once again, we want to thank you so much for for listening to this episode. It's been a really great conversation about this because I know that this is a problem that that probably most people listening to this episode right now have they either face on a regular basis or have faced at some point in their spiritual journey. So we knew that this was an important an important topic to talk about, and we wanted to make sure that we covered it well and that we that we really um, just talked about it in a way that doesn't demonize it, doesn't say, oh, well, if you're worrying, that just means that you're not a Christian. Because I know that a lot of people say that. A lot of people say that, well, worry is the opposite of faith. So if you're worrying, that means you're not having faith. And that means that that you are going through your life and you're just, you're you're walking away from God rather than walking toward him. We don't want to, we don't want to send that message because that, that alienates a lot of people. A lot of people listen to that and say, oh, well, I guess if I'm worrying, then that means that my faith is growing weaker. And then that gives them an invitation to walk away from the faith because they think that that you can't be somebody who struggles with anxiety and also be a follower of Jesus. But that is not it at all. Jesus didn't say you can only follow me as long as you don't do anything wrong. Jesus didn't say you can only follow me as long as you don't ever worry about anything. In fact, Jesus knew that these were going to be problems that we face in our lives. That's why he spoke specifically about a lot of them on the Sermon on the Mount. He, he knows that the things that we're going to face because he has faced every single one of these things in his own life. He has faced temptations and he has faced trials and he has faced so many, all of the difficult things that this earth has to throw at, at him. He has faced them all and he knows that we are going to face them in our own lives and each person struggles with something different. So just because you may have this specific struggle of anxiety or maybe it's a different struggle in your life that we haven't touched on yet, just because you have that struggle does not mean that you are not a Christian, that you're not a follower of Christ and that God doesn't love you just the same. 
uh, all it means is that that's another area of your life that one day Christ will be able to to rule over and, and declare victory in. And watching the process of of Christ taking over more and more areas of your life every day, every month, and every year is such an encouraging process. I know from my own life, and I'm sure that that everybody listening has seen that happen in their own lives as well. So we want to thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. As always, we want to have a conversation with you guys. We want to be in contact with you. If you um, have any questions, comments, doubts, any concerns, any comments about today's episode or questions for ourselves or even for Isabella, you can reach out to us. You can you can email us at Christian, Jonathan, or Max at livingvictorypodcast.com. You can also email our general email, uh, which will hit all three of us at questions at livingvictorypodcast.com. Uh, Facebook and Instagram, you can reach us at livingvictorypodcast. Um, and like I said, we want to talk to you guys. We want to have this conversation back and forth. Every single time we get a message from one of you guys, we, we respond to it and we love it so much. And it's such an encouragement to us to keep going and know that we're making a positive impact for the gospel in this world. So we thank you so much, guys. And as always, love each other and shine your light.